Maria supported the show, I'd be less sick of podcasts. Yeah, there you go. The blubbity bar. Sending out good vibes. You know, and this is why I don't drink and, you know, stuff like that. I just kind of let them know on a human being level, you know, that yeah. uh, these are the choices that I make and I always you know, try to inspire that, you know, anybody in the crowd that might be struggling or, you know, whatever. Just... Okay, guys, welcome back to uh, the Grimerica Show. Another little bonus up for you guys. You're welcome. Uh, we're going to be talking with Superman again, uh, Christian Parrish, Christian Takes a Gun. Um, everyone, I think the original episode was episode 137. Christian takes a gun? What? That's his real name, yeah. Oh, okay. His given name. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, if you haven't heard episode 137, you might want to jump back to that and take a listen to that before yeah, you jump into this one, because we do kind of pick up where we left off in a lot of ways. And, uh, yeah, if you haven't heard any of his music, maybe before we jump into this, you might just want to go and listen to a song or two. Uh, he's definitely uh, a role model of mine, and my kids love his music, and uh, definitely comes at hip-hop from a different angle than I grew up with anyway. He's a role model, model for a lot of people. I mean, he's really that's right helping the community as well. Absolutely. And that, of course, over there is uh, Graham, I chew my fingernails, Dunlop. Yeah. How's it going, buddy? Back on it. You're back on the I, nail chewing? I relapse on the nail chewing. Have you been trying to quit? Well, I did for years. Did you? Yeah. I've been, uh, you know what? I didn't chew my nails up until a couple of years ago, too. I did for years, yeah. Now I've, now they're back. Oh, the worst that is, happened, it just, the worst is when you, holy fuck, everything is making noises. Ooh, that's Thomas Campbell's email. Perfect. We can finally get Tom Campbell on the show. All right. Justin doesn't have to phone him. Yeah, no, Superman's great. Uh, real life superhero. And lots has happened since the last episode with him. I mean, he's doing uh, videos with a bunch of people and music with a bunch of people and that's right. Getting yeah. awards. All kinds of stuff. Oh, we got a uh, shit. I'm going to have to re-listen to the last uh, minute or two when he mentioned which song he wanted us to play it out with. That's right. Yeah. I'll play it out. And of course, yeah. I'll probably throw Y in here sometime somewhere throughout because that was my favorite. I'm going to throw probably two songs at the end of this episode. So this one won't have your classic Felix outro. Could be Godly Warriors, I think. Or is that his album? That's his album, I think. Illuminative. Illuminatives yeah. is the album, yeah. God, yeah. Godly Great. Warriors is uh, the song. It's great stuff. I highly recommend you guys take a listen to his music if you haven't. What's new with you? Oh, not much. Yeah, just biting my nails. Chewing your nails? Chewing my nails. Chewing your nails down to nubs? Yeah, okay. I mean, they used to be really bad when I was a kid. Really, Jeez. really bad. Yeah, yeah. Someone, the reason I, I didn't even notice, actually, it was someone noticed during a live stream that yeah. you were chewing your nails during yeah. the episode. Yeah. That's nice, eh? That's good, good, good video. <laughs> That's etiquette. good feedback. Yeah, you're chewing your nose. Well, I was thinking maybe that'd be good for you. Yeah, maybe. It'd be like I we watch know. each other. Maybe other's. that's why I'm chewing them. Maybe. <laughs> but we're pretty good at watching each other's um, idiosyncrasies. Idiosyncrasies. Yeah. So maybe people accusing you of chewing your nails will straighten you out. Maybe, or just or make just me make more it nervous. Worse. You start chewing your actual fingertips. <laughs> oh, Bubble gum. Man. 
fidget, fidget spinner. Oh my god! Some bubble gum. We got to get Brody yeah. talking to the mic because I just noticed like the last intro. You can't hear Brody at <laughs> yeah, all. Yeah, we He's should have a mic. He had one there, but I haven't hooked it back up yet. But yeah, yeah I noticed last intro whenever Brody starts talking, you just can't hear nothing, and you're, it sounds like we're just talking to God. Maybe we are. Maybe Brody is God. So what do you got, buddy? I'd like to. Well, put, I, you know, I forgot. I forgot uh, last intro. If people have heard it, we got a, CD we in? got an unknown CD in the mail, and I went and popped it in my computer, and then I forgot about I've it. I've never put one in the Mac before, so uh, hmm. Never put one in Mac. And then before? I heard, and then last night we were on some other podcast, and I heard a bunch of vibrations in my computer. I'm like, what is going on? So just click on the disc thing here, and we'll just see what that is. It's probably a spy something creating a bunch of. Oh, that's weird. Oh, what about that? Oh, oh boy. Oh, boy. So I'm just it is firing up. up. Oh, this third mic is nice. Oh, it's... it's oh. Oh. Looks like... Oh, that's a... Sorry, find out if it's a crazy snuff film. What if it is? What if it's video of the car crashing into your garage? Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> There's no address or name or anything, right? No, no. no. It's going to take a while to convert, so... Maybe you can just walk over to the other side okay. of the studio and we'll keep going until this thing converts. I know it could be just, it could be just so incentive smashing the computer completely. Could you imagine? Well, it's time for a new one anyway. If your computer still has, takes a, can put a disc in it, it's time for a new one. I would argue. Well, why don't we just jump right into this? Down in Graham, going deep. Before your computer bricks. It's a profound UFO quote of a week. Words to ponder and critique. It's a profound UFO quote of a week. I love it. I got so many of these quotes, I can pick appropriate ones. Like, this is actually an appropriate UFO quote for this sort of, you know, more mainstream episode of Superman. They came, o- they came over so regularly we could time them. Sometimes they stood, stood still. Other times they moved so fast it was hard to keep a steady eye on them. That was from David Bowie. Really? David Bowie? David Bowie. Why didn't you have that on when he died? Did he die? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I should have, I guess. Yeah. I had to tell Lisa that Avicii died the other day. She didn't know. Who? Avicii. You don't know who Avicii is? Yeah, he's real. Oh, he was, I, he oh was no, fucking, I saw it. He, he was, was fucking good, too, man. He was bringing out some stuff about the pedophiles, I heard. I don't or know. sex but, trafficking. And then they, he died. He was he was coming clean on a bunch of stuff. And then, not really? clean, like not himself, he was but he was, he was trying to whistleblow a bunch of stuff. Really? And then, I'd yeah, like to see the some, head. I'd like to see some evidence on that. He's uh, really good, though. Like, I'm not a big EDM guy, but I could really get into his stuff. I can't. I was gonna actually throw some of it on here, but then we'll get a YouTube strike. Yeah, don't go bother. Yeah. We might get some YouTube strikes even playing the Superman music. Because I remember Felix sent me some music from his buddy's band to play, and then bam, fucking they put ads in our shit. Is it a bad sign that the CD is just still and stuck on this converting? Is it moving thing? up at all? No, it's not moving up at all. Oh, maybe it is a little bit. Oh, it is a bit probably. Oof, I don't know. Okay, we'll see if it lasts. That's the only way I have a. I don't have a DVD player or anything anywhere, so. Well, it's probably too late now. It's probably solidified itself in the computer as it crashes the whole system. Well, what if a, it's a bomb? It's an AVI file, so it's, that's a video file. What yeah. if it's a bomb? I hope it's not a bomb. It How would, could it be it a bomb? Be, 
I don't know. Make a bomb into a DVD or a CD? Well, they already, when James gave you the computer, it was already loaded with C4. Yeah, yeah. All they had to do was give the you the disc. This is just the trigger. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. That's why James has been pretty scarce lately, too, yeah, man. The what handlers, the fuck? The handlers disappeared. The handler gets you to buy a computer real cheap. It looks a little, look how much thicker that thing is than mine. As soon as we have John Brisson on in the Black Budget episode about the deep state, I get the CD in the mail. Yeah, enough's <laughs> enough. <laughs> so, yeah, I've got a really good email that's sort of appropriate as well. It's kind of a musician story, RH negative, child um, music sensation kind of thing. So you want me to play that? You want to give me a jingle, buddy? A jingle? What jingle again? Sorry, I was talking to Joe. It's a uh, it's a listener email about RH negative. It's kind of just a cool. Uh, oh, can I can I with American goodies? It's been a while. Yep. And now another edition of Grime American Goodies by the people. people. Yeah. So this is a great email. Um, uh, anonymous for now. Sorry to take so long to get back to you. have been pretty busy, but it's a good thing. The first round of stories I'd like to share with you is from what I was, when I was really little, maybe age two through five. First off, first I'm O negative from two A positive parents. My siblings are both A positive as well. My mother had a terrible time during her pregnancy with me. She lost over 20 pounds. I was delivered six weeks early as she'd gone into premature labor and had a prior and had a prior C-section. So my epiglottis had not fully formed and I threw up damn near everything she put in front of me for the first few months. She nursed me nearly constantly. She tells stories of about driving an old Pinto stick shift while I was on her breast. Despite her best efforts, I lost weight, had a hard time getting started. I was severely jaundiced for quite a while after my birth and she eventually obviously she she succeeded. So before I turned one, I began having nosebleeds. Mom tells a story about how she was asking the doctor what to do for them. He started blowing her off like the nervous mother. And while I'm on his shoulder, I get a nosebleed all down his back. It took him nearly an hour to get it to stop. I continued to get these nosebleeds randomly until I started smoking at age 14. I figured the smoke narrows my capillaries or something weird like that. I have to wonder how much of all that is related to my blood type. Now then, back to the stories I wanted to share. I was nearly three when I can start remembering some strange shit I don't understand. I shared a room with my older sister then. We had bunk beds. I slept in the top bunk, and our room was on the second floor of the house. I remember an angel coming to see me at night outside the window beside my bed. Now, my sister never saw her, and she would be sitting outside in the upper upper part of a double-hung window on the second floor. I would tell my mom all about her, and she still believes me. She didn't come every night, but would show up pretty often. She was milky, blue-white, luminescent, and lovely. She had an oval face, a small mouth, blue eyes, and a long, silvery, glowing hair. She did not have wings. She just literally was sitting in thin air, so close. I felt, and I still wonder, like there was no window at all. She glowed a silvery, blue-white, muted light from all over her, and there was, she was sort of small compared to an adult human, but I felt like she was an adult. And her face was completely non-human, not far from human, but I've never seen anyone with the features she had. Also, she was somewhat not real, like a projection or something, but she was real at the same time. I knew she was never going to hurt me or scare me. I think she was completely beautiful and gentle. 
I was never afraid of her and I never questioned her about why she was or who she was. She really just showed up to sing to and with me. This is interesting because it's going gonna, it's gonna to play into her abilities, I think. I could hear her clearly, but looking back, I wonder if it was telepathic, even though the window, even through the closed window. I don't remember ever talking with her about anything at all, only singing. And now that I think about it, she showed up when I couldn't sleep. I would say prayers before bed for everyone I knew and then try like crazy to fall asleep. I've been a long, a lifelong intermittent insomniac. On those nights when it was just happening, she'd come and we'd sing super quiet. So we didn't wake up my sister and I would sing myself to sleep with her. As I write this, I'm pretty sure she's still around. I just don't know if I want to see her anymore. I was and am a musician. I mention that because I had a very close friend who was an inventor and a physicist. He had an imaginary friend that would come and do math with him for fun when he was little. Now shit gets even stranger. The first time I was shown sheet music, I understood it fully and how to play it on a piano or any other instrument I could get my hands on. That was at age three. I remember it clearly. I remember feeling like I was so glad to get back to it. I could hear it by looking at it. I could, I, I still can just fine. That's interesting. And eh? I could hear it by looking at it. It sounds like that synesthesia. Ooh, that does sound a lot like synesthesia. I wish I could get that shit. I want to taste green. I started playing classically right away. I couldn't even begin to reach the pedals. My parents had to find a teacher that would take a kid so young, but they did. And I, be, I was playing Beethoven and Mozart right away. Unfortunately, no one knew what to make of me, including me. There's more to the music stories, I assure you. Reading English happened the same way, around and around the same time, literally within a few days of the music reading. I remember clearly one day when we were playing, my sister held up a flashcard with the word R on it, like as in A-R-E. She covered the A and the E and said, what letter is this? I said, R. She uncovered the letters and said, okay, what word is this? I answered, airy and laughed i knew it was r so she was just playing around turns out i knew all the words after that not only how to read them but what they meant nearly any word no matter how long or complicated my mother came home a short while later and i told her mommy i can read and she waved me off sure kid of course you can she was pretty mindful when i started taking the cereal out of the cupboard and reading the ingredients she started pulling books off the shelves read this read this one she was so happy and excited I'm sure it was really weird for her, though. Again, I was only three. After that, I read every book in the house, including the Cyclopedia, medical and first aid books. I had an insatiable craving for nonfiction and religious, spiritual, paranormal books. I get. I guess I didn't read every. I guess I didn't read every book. I had very little patience for fiction until later in my life, with the exception of fairy tales. I remember leaving the library with stacks of books as big as I could carry, and having half of them read on on the way home. My dad would make. My dad would take me there twice a week. So add to it that I didn't speak at all until I was nearly three. That's weird. Normally, when do babies speak around one? Madison started around nine months. And nine Cassandra months. started around a year. Yeah. Wow, yeah. So she, she didn't speak till she was three. So her and my dad even tested me to see if I was mute or mentally slow. I barely made a sound at all as a baby. I rarely cried, and according to my mom, I was just like a doll. I would stay wherever I was put and be quiet until someone came back to get me. Wow, then these one days day, you'd be worried about autism. Yeah. 
Then one day I was almost three, I started speaking in full sentences. They said I spoke like an average seven or eight year old just all of a sudden. That's also when I was remembering things. I can't, I can remember quite a bit from that point on. I remember my great grandpa, Charlie, he never learned to read at all. We had very special connection. It's like he knew something deeper about me that I still didn't understand. He used to tell me, you're going to be Miss America Sunday, someday. I wasn't, but I still, I hold my own. He loved for me to sit with him and read to him. Here I am, just a little toddler with my thumb in my mouth, reading The Princess and the Pea and Grimm's Fairy Tales to an old man. Still one of my favorite memories. When I was four, we moved to Mexico temporarily. Of course, I did not speak Spanish at this point. I can tell you that my, what my, when my neighbors and friends would talk to me in Spanish, it sounded just like English to me. I had no problems understanding them from day one. I can tell you, I can't tell you if I spoke it back. I really can't tell the difference in my memories, but they seemed to understand me just fine. My poor little brother was only two at the time and was speaking a mix of toddler Spanglish. I understood him just fine as well. Although I think that language experience for him might have fucked him up for life. <laughs> That's another, a story for another time. Well, I've given you just the tiniest of tastes here, really only the beginning of what's a totally been a totally weird life. It's weird for me to write all this down. It sure sounds like total BS. She says, I'm sure it sounds like total BS. I promise. I'm not a drama queen or a special person dying for attention. That's just not my style. I've never understood what this is all about. My parents are normal people. They didn't seek attention for their super weird kids. I would really like to hear from anyone else that has any similar stories. I'm also interested if anyone has any idea what the hell this is all about. If you'd like, I can send more stories when I have a chance. Like I said, I don't want to be, I don't want to bore anybody or anything. So, wow. What do you think of that, Darren? It's fucking crazy. Yeah. You having two little, two little girls. I mean, seeing them both grow up totally differently. I mean, would that, blow your mind or what if well in some ways they do they're sort of coming back around now like it took cassandra a lot longer to talk to become vocal than madison and a little longer to start start walking and stuff like that because madison was like super quick like she was walking and talking in nine months and wow yeah and now she's reading and everything too it's just crazy and cassandra could but um it took cassandra a little longer but then once she got there um she seems to be catching up now is what i'm noticing because um, once, now that she's able to learn from Madison, it's just leaps and bounds because she's constantly learning all day, hand in hand. So she's counting a lot better than Madison would have been at her age. She's already doing some math, which Madison wasn't doing yet when she was a four. She wasn't doing any math yet. Cassandra Canardi, I mean, she can only do, if she doesn't have a piece of paper and a pen to write marks, then she can only do her, she has to, have, she can really do like, numbers up to five because yeah. she does them on her yeah. fingers but still i mean I'm, I'm not sure i was doing that when i was four what do you think about the whole imaginary I was friend thing cardboard like, i think that's healthy that's like, normal like the inventor and the think... physicist who had an imaginary friend and then she had these angels i mean is that some sort of download or some sort of I think, like, spiritual i still help? think all those kids have access to something we don't when they're at that young age until I mean, they turn like they're eight start, or nine and nah, they're maybe younger than seven, that seven even. younger than that but i mean up till they're like three I mean, you just look into their eyes, man, and they're just like, you can just see they're in another fucking world. You know, there's some place, there's, they're getting something that we don't. And I think some of it's just their sort of half in between realm stuff. Well, could it be past life stuff as well? Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, that's she... exactly what I think. I think there's a past life thing. And I think the imaginary friend is sort of the, a different dimension. No, a different sort of, a different rung on the same ladder of phenomena. 
like all of that sort of stuff, the past lives or the, the imaginary friends or kids being able to, I don't know. Spirit guys, maybe see the spirit. Yeah. Just, yeah. I think that's like all connected. Yeah. I think that's all. They still got access to something for the first couple of years of their lives that, you know, only very few humans keep access to or able to tap into later in life. And I wonder if the RH negative is part of that too. Who knows? I mean, it's it's weird that she would just become so profound at like age of three for reading and music. That stuff's crazy. Maybe that's 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 prodigy stuff. I don't know. I don't know how, you know, it'd be interesting to have someone on to talk about that sort of prodigy shit. Yeah. That's something we've never, but I mean, mean, that's going to be crazy. I couldn't imagine if one of my kids was like a master piano player or something. That would be spooky. (laughs) It'd be fucking spooky. Yeah. (laughs) Or like a mathematician. You're like, are or, you really Mozart or, or, reincarnated? Who I mean, are you? <laughs> who are you? Yeah. Oh. Huh. What else you got? Um, I was going to do a social media thing, but I don't really have a... Can I just pick... I'm just going to play a jingle and you come up with something. Yeah, sure. That. I want a good score from a synchronicity If Graham reads it out, then Daryl might give it to me Hey, don't you please read it low, yeah, yeah All right, I'm gonna... Actually, I'll just read this one out. This is a, this is a good one. This is... The title of this email is episode 280 quite literally blew my mind. And I believe it was 280 Greg Doyle. Yeah. Yeah. Hi there. First and foremost, your show is fantastic. I love all of it from the random ramblings in the beginning that make it feel like I'm hanging out with some, some old friends to the straight up amazing conversations that take place much like your last episode with Greg Doyle. Which is what brings me here today. After listening to that episode yesterday, I had a very strange happening last night. Oh yeah, this is interesting. I was laying in bed, listening to the sound around me as your guest suggested, and all I could hear was the buzzing in my ears. So I just listened to that and it got very loud very quickly. Then all of a sudden there was like a loud clap in my eardrums. Like my eardrums bursted, following by even stranger noises, which sounded like muffled high-pitched sentences. Freaked me out, so I got up and didn't go back to sleep. What was this? Is this a sign that I was getting close or just some weird happening? Anyway, I feel like I should email your guest and ask him because he would probably be the one with the answers. But nonetheless, I felt I needed to share this with my fellow Grey Americans to see if anyone else had similar experience. Thank you. You guys are the best. Thank you. Thanks, Tulip. Tulip. I've heard that before. And actually, I've heard it a little bit occasionally, but it's really faint. It's not like a loud clap, but it's just a... It's just a, a, a snap. Yeah, kind of like a, it's not even a snap. It's just a, a bang. Just but in I can your tell head. it's not like in the environment, but it's in, in my head. Ear? And I've heard them talk about this probably years and years ago on Mysterious Universe, and there's a name for Audio it. Audio hallucination. Where, yeah, it's more specific. Auditory it's hallucination. more specific than that. No, I remember talking about it. Do you? That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, so. no, yeah, I, I remember being fascinated with it. No, it's a loud bang. What it's I get, more specific. What I get that's, I think, is probably related. Is like I always think I hear music, and then if I like really focus in on it, it's like the fucking, you know, it's it's like if I get in a situation where say the washing machine or a furnace or something's running in the background, but I, I'll always faintly think I hear music for a minute, and then it'll you know as I sort of tune in to see hey, what's that, and then I'll start oh that's just the fucking, 
dishwasher in conjunction with the furnace. And for, for some reason in my head, I've turned it into a melody. And I'm like, where's that music coming from? Wow. And that's something I've had. Like, I can remember having that for like 15, 20 years, as long as I can remember. Hmm. What's that fucking music? It's like, oh, it's nothing. Nothing to do with the doobies? A dishwasher. Well, Maybe. Maybe. It'll be. <laughs> I hear my alarm. I have a little song playing on my alarm in the morning and it starts really quiet. And I hear that over and over afterwards. And I know it's off, but I, I hear that. Maybe it's uh, just playing in the, the cheeseburgers. <laughs> <laughs> what else you got, buddy? Anything else? Synchro? Oh, you didn't even, did you do the synchro? No. Did I do what? Well, no, I, I read that thing instead. Um, it's hardly a synchro. What I do, I do have a four. I think I do have a. I want to rate something. Okay, okay, here we go. Here we go. I don't remember reading this. So we'll have, oh, this is a good one. This is a good one. This is from Peter. Hey, guys, love your work. I was chilling out today listening to your April 15th show as I drove home, pulling into the gas station to fill up the car. I was fascinated as the synchronicity tale Graham was reading, featuring the number four. As I walked into the store to pay for the fuel, I pull out my phone to pause the podcast, only to find myself staring at the large time display on the screen, 4.44 p.m. However, my favorite, my favorite synchronicity tale is the one where the guy has a vivid dream where he's at a racetrack packed with horses and riders. He senses that he is feeling unusually confident. In fact, he feels positively lucky. At that moment, looking up, he notices in the sky above the racetrack a glowing golden number seven. He wakes instantly. Feeling a strong sense of urgency, the man rushes out of the house and down to the betting agency. Throwing caution to the wind, he boldly walks up to the counter and bets 700 on horse number seven in the seventh race, and it came seventh. Cheers, Peter. <laughs> we'll give him a 7.7. 7. <laughs> nice. I, you know, it's funny because our buddy uh, Jay Luca, that remember he was doing the teaser only 10%er, that gives 10% of his gambling winnings to the Trinity Fund. Which I think is actually, uh, I think they're good for now. So hold off. And unless we say something else, I think they're they're good for now. So everyone just cross your fingers and send out a bunch of good vibes. But I think they're good financially for the for now anyway. Unless something else comes up. If something else comes up, we'll let you guys know. Um, where was I going with that now? About oh, so yeah. So he texted me the other day and he's like, I'm about to then donate $10 to the show. Nice. And he's like, or should I bet it? And I was like, bet it. <laughs> Then he emails me a couple of days later. He's like, "You won, fucking twelve to one or something like that." <laughs> nice. So now it's a hundred and some dollars. He, I was like, "No, no, stop now, like, just late. send it over." No. <laughs> it's too late. He's like, "What should I do?" And I was like, "Let it ride, baby." <laughs> oh come on! And I haven't heard back. <laughs> oh, that's it. There's a man. I could have paid for like, you know, a month's worth of internet. A thousand bucks could have paid for the trip. A month's worth of internet. If we win, we could pay for the trip. Yeah, but. If, if we win, that's the problem. Well, yeah, that's you just, just yeah, gotta, yeah. Gotta leave the table. At if some not, point. we'll just send some, we'll send them some more money and try and win that back. <laughs> I got one here. I'll, I'll thing. I actually got an email because when I send out every once in a while, when I send people out the supporter link, mm-hmm. when they decide to, um, actually I'll jump into that quick. We might as well, if I'm going to mention it. So what happened is Frank signed up for a monthly support. Um, not because he had to, just because he wanted to because we do the value for value model here where we're not going to do any ads or paywalls or anything like that. All, all we're going to do is keep releasing what we think is a quality product. And hopefully you guys can find some value with it and send a couple bucks our way, ideally on a monthly subscription basis. That is uh, 
does help us out the best. Of course, we're not going to complain if someone wants to send us a one-time donation or some cryptocurrency or something like that. But yeah, if you can head over, sign up for a PayPal subscription or a Patreon monthly pledge, that really does help. And and what's going to happen is as soon as you do that, I'm going to send you a link. Well, maybe not as soon as you do that, but soon after you do that, I will send you a link because we actually do have um, this black budget feed that we we do some extra bonus content for the people who have chosen to support the show just as a little reward for them. We do have some interviews in there with some great people like John Brisson and Randall Carlson and Greg Carwood and a bunch of other people. And what we're doing with those is basically we're going to do them, we do them live so that if people don't want to pay, they can either tune in live or they can support the show at any level. I think someone sent a $3 donation the other day. They still get the show one time. I mean, ideally, like we say, we would prefer you did a monthly, but if you do a donation, you're going to get access to those. And it's also the type of thing we'll probably, like, I think we'll probably end up dumping him out as bonus episodes way down the road sometime or something like that. But ideally, just go sign up for something and get that black budget content. And you're going to feel really good. I'm telling you, you sign up for a monthly, you're going to feel good. It's good for your conscience. It's good for your soul. Super helpful, yeah. Anyway, so our buddy Frank L. signed up and he said, uh, I sent him the link and he replied, I love you guys and I'm about 90% done with the back catalog. I'm... I'm a supporter and I'm receiving the black budget podcast fine. But when I try to lock into log into the supporter page on the website, it asked me for a password and I'm clueless as to how to get one. So that's because that means he's been a supporter for a long time because I switched the link up when I made the new black bit, black budget page with the videos and stuff on it, it became password protected. So he's pre that even okay. when it was still just that RSS feed and that was it. Okay. So anyway, um, I'm, Am I missing out on good stuff like black budget pictures of Graham's thighs or Graham arm wrestling RPG? One more thing. How about selling patches, buttons, baseball caps, knitted caps, or hats with the Gramerica logo on them? You mean toques? Toques. A knitted hat is a toque, yeah. (laughs) They won't be as bulky to ship as t-shirts or hoodies, and you don't need sizes. They're cheaper to have made, probably. And anything worn on the head is easier to see in YouTube concert videos and crowd venues where you'd get the most exposure. Just an idea. Keep up the good work. Don't stop the before and after ramblings and say hi to Graham and RPJ for me. Frank. Hey, Frank. Frank's catching up, eh? Go, so, Frank. So actually, you know, I would love to have hats, hats and stuff on like Redbubble? that. No, there's no hats on really? Redbubble. I have I to go. I should actually, um, now that it's been mentioned, I should actually... Double check because the last time I went and double checked, like six months ago, they had added some items that I hadn't seen before. But that you can just buy and then put our logos on it. Yeah, there's That's like a clock. Well, no, they can't. Normal people can't do that. I have to go in and design it. Oh, everything. really? It's a process. Oh, okay. So it's like when I, I got it's so something I've got to do. I've got to go in and make pre, the art. And, by us then? Yeah, there's shirts, hoodies, all sorts of that stuff on there. Now you can get phone cases. If you go to slash swag there's a ton of stuff there. Yeah. Um, but I will take a look because I would. I think a Grimerica hat would be cool. I'd love to have some hats and toques if possible. But uh, if we do that, we're probably going to try and do it through that sort of system. We don't want to get into handling merchandise here. We'll just no. give it all away. Yeah. So we just want to yeah, keep some, it all on some third party tool, yeah. fucking thing where you guys can go and buy it and they send us a buck. Yeah. So uh, I got. Uh, so don't forget about the chats as well. There's a, a whole. Did I give out the link yet? Grimerica support. Yeah. Chats is grandamerica.ca slash chats. It's all in the show notes, too. Stop on by, stop on by, stop on by, stop on by. 
So, and also Darren's on Twitter and I'm on Instagram. That's right. Social, other social medias. Um, so guess what? That DVD, that DVD or CD or whatever, quick, yeah. an error message came on. Quick time player can't open it. Huh. You know what you need? To see if additional software is available that will. DLC will open it. Um, click, tell me more. DLC will open it. What? DLC player will open it. On here? Yeah. Oh. This takes a second. Nah, we'll, we'll see. We'll do it for the next show. Yeah. Do it at home. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> that computer does look pretty thick, and James has been being real fucking scarce. Handler James, come back. Boom. So <laughs> they just open up thing. The outsides of the igloo are just blowing open. Open up here, there's nothing left, just a black hole. All right, buddy. There you go. All right, guys. I think that's about it. Enjoy the chat with uh, Christian, a.k.a. Superman. It's been almost three years since we had Superman, a.a. Chris Parrish, on the show. He's a native hip-hop artist, and uh, I'm not sure if he's still competitive powwow dancing, but he used to be, and uh, we had a great chat about, I can't believe it's been three years ago. So welcome back to the show, uh, Superman. How's it going? Yo, it's going good. I'm still tripping about that three years. I was like, dang, was that three years ago? It seemed like last year. <laughs> I know, I know. I, I just looked it up now. I cannot believe it. That's kind of what I was thinking yeah, too. Was it was like a year, year and a half. Yeah, but I know it was episode one hundred and thirty-seven. Yeah. So sorry, it was probably like two and a half years ago, but but still, yeah. I mean, you know, lots is lots is uh, lots is lots of times gone by. Lots has happened. How you been uh, these days? Yeah, yeah, life is good, man. Just uh, always progression, you know, always elevating and moving forward. So yeah, it's been good, man. Life is good. I got no complaints. That's good. Are you still doing your, your hip-hop thing quite a bit? Yep, yep. That's all I do, man. This is just life right here. Just I just got back from uh, from Michigan, and I was home. Now I'm headed to South Dakota, and I'm uh, headed to Cheyenne River Red. After that, I'll be going down to El Paso. And, man, this month is crazy. You know, El Paso to freaking um, Auburn, California, back to Phoenix, over to... Um, Hey, where am I going? New uh, Rutgers, New Jersey, Mohawk Valley. Yeah, it's a busy month. 
Any plans to come to Canada soon? Yeah, I'll actually be over in Canada um, at the end of the month over at uh, Mi'kmaq, Mi'kmaq Reyes. Whereabouts is that? It's over there by Halifax. Um, oh, yeah, that's way, way over the east, east coast. Yeah, yeah. When do you figure you'll make it out west again? I think because you, you were in Bath, I think, but it was like two months before we before we found you. Yeah, yep, that's right, yep. And uh, I'll be up in Canada for, uh, not in Alberta, but over for the Indigenous Music Awards. They're having um, that in Winnipeg. We'll be up there. Oh, I could probably... Got nominated for three, yeah. Oh, oh congratulations. Nice. Which ones? Yeah, I think you got um, nominated for Best Video, and nominated for uh, Best Producer, and um, Best Album, Best Hip Hop Album. Which which video? Uh, it's a new video I had called Godly Warriors. Perfect. We'll, have to, we'll throw the links to those in the show notes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's it's dope, man. It's um, something different than the loop. You know, the looping videos that people are kind of used to. Uh, this is just that boom bat raw hip hop stuff. You know. What was your inspiration for that one? Uh, just a lot, you know, just producing and making beats. And I was just like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. Um, I'm going to do it this style. Cause I had a good sample. I was working on this, this beat and, um, I had like a little powwow sample in there and, um, it sounded, it just sounded dope. And I had the verse that I did, uh, with taboo, uh, from the black eyed peas. We, we connected and, um, we did a song for standing rock uh, last year called stand up. And um, he reached out to me during that time with uh, some other amazing artists. And he's like, yo, can you rap in your language, you know? Can you can you, can you rap in your language? I was like, yeah, I can. He's like, all right, I want you to rap in your language on this on this song. So I did. And there's so many artists on there, you know, they had to cut my verse kind of short. You know, I had like four bars on there, uh, which, is, which is awesome. I'm just amazing. You know, it's just an amazing opportunity. And then, um, and so I still had some some language left, you know, for the verse. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to put this on this, this beat I was making, you know, I'm going to do that. Um, the whole verse to that, to that song on here. And then I'm going to do a video for it and put the translation, you know, on the screen. So people who don't, who don't know, you know, my language, the Atalia language can, can see that, you know, on the screen. And it, it's a water is life type of verse, you know, so it's all power to the medicine of water. Nice. So that's the that's the uh, the gist of your message is that uh, water is life, go with the flow, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yep. That the first part is you know I'm wrapping over a hand job, um over the first part, and then it kind of goes into just um, some live cuts, you know, some DJ Premier type um, vibes, you know, and then um, I just have it's a collaboration with uh, an East Coast MC. Um, over there in Rhode Island, named Passionate MC, he's an amazing underground artist, and uh, he's native too from from over there. The Narragansett, I think, I forgot the name of the how they pronounce their tribe, but um, yeah, it was dope. I get well. I do have I do have actually more questions than usual from the chats um, to get to a little bit later. But before we get to that, I do, and before I forget, I do. I do want to mention that I do have two daughters, uh, Madison and Cassandra. Once uh, Madison's six, she'll be seven soon. Cassandra's four, and um, 
they're both, uh, well, they both, I guess they'd only be 30% native or so, a little less than me. But uh, yeah, they're both, uh, you're both, for both of them, you're their favorite musician. So they wanted to say hello. Yo, that's crazy. Yeah, tell them I said, what's up? That's awesome. Yeah, and they were listening to uh, some music today, actually trying to come up with some questions, but they're still a little bit young for that. Um, yeah. But they do, they're both looking forward to, uh, in the next in the next year or so, to start making uh, some jingle dresses, which they actually really, Ooh. when they watched your, your video a few years ago, why, um, that's kind of what really got my oldest, uh, Madison, really sort of down that road and and interested in it and she she just hasn't given it up and we were you know so we were kind of ready to go down that so when we asked when we asked them today if they had any questions they both asked the same questions was was how do you make a jingle dress <laughs> so i was just wondering if you could kind of kind of take us through uh, obviously not the logistics of making the dress but maybe sort of the the process as, as you know it from your um from your band uh yeah for sure like yeah, that's that's dope. First of all, that's dope that your um, that your daughters are inspired, you know, to like come into the circle, man. That's from seeing that video, you know, because that's a contemporary, you know, that's two cultures together, hip hop culture and, and native culture. But to be inspired, you know, to to want to enter, come into the circle and dance, you know, from seeing the video, that's like powerful, you know, to me. So thank you for for sharing that. There, there was another kid who just hit me up today. It's kind of weird. Hit me up today and he said, "Yo, you know." Um, I just started fancy dancing. I got my outfit together, and I'm coming into the circle, and and uh, you know I just want to thank you for inspiring me. I wanted to be a fancy dancer like you, and I was like, man, that's, that's cool to see that um, the natives are are getting inspired, you know, to to follow their culture, even though it's you know it's kind of like a contemporary hip hop, you know, um, collective, um, you know, musically what I do is is that way. But they're like, yo, I want to dance, so that's good, you know. Props, props. So the jingle dress is, um, it's not from my tribe. It's from the Ojibwe tribe. That's actually, sorry to, sorry to interrupt you, but that's actually what our, our background is, Ojibwe. Oh, is that right? Okay, yeah, yeah. dope. And yo, you're right there then. Yeah, you just, you know, you know the, you, you're you connected with that, with that dance, that medicine, that medicine dance. So me, like Apsalo guy, we... We don't, that's not our, you know, that's not our dance. Like, even the dance that I do is, is adopted, you know, fancy and contemporary. And so, like, I don't even know, like, the protocols that go, you know, along with, you know, your tribe. Um, but as for, as for myself, uh, just when we come into the circle, is um, we usually have, <clears throat> excuse me, we usually have our, uh, we feed our clans, you know, and we have them pray for us. And then, we uh, ask a, a veteran or, you know, um, military person, a warrior, you know, of the tribe, somebody somebody we might look up to or who might be our clan, um, lead us out, you know, into the circle. And then we'll have somebody announcing, you know, you have to have the right to announce uh, the speaker to speak to the people. And then you have the drum, you know, sing, a, sing a either your family song or your, your district song or, you know, a song that you want for to come out with. And then you you start announcing, and then your family will dance behind you. And you come out to the circle, and um, the announcer lets everybody know, you know, hey, this is so and so. You know, they're coming out their first dance, um, and they kind of tell the people their their accomplishments. You know, maybe um, you know if they were in, into sports or whatever, they would announce, hey, you know, they're a good basketball player or 
they're part of this and their their parents are these people and they've done these things, you know, in in life and and then you know, that's how we come out. We come out into the circle, you know, in that way, kind of our protocols as a Taluga. So everybody's different, you know, all tribes. So I, I wouldn't really know the, the Ojibwe way to do it. Hmm, I think I would imagine. I mean, we've done some some looking into it for sure, and it all sort of follows that same sort of um, mm-hmm. outlook of reaching out and using your elders and doing it with a lot of intention. And and you know, you can't go Definitely. buy it at the. You can't go buy one. We figured out that real quick. You've got to sort of make it yourself from scratch and and put a lot of heart into for it. Sure. Yeah, yep, definitely. Usually, um, when when the people want to dance, the whole family you know gets excited, and they all kind of chip in and and uh, help that individual you know have a have an outfit. So on that same Good. same vein, we do have a question from the chats here that um, is: Did you learn to fancy dance as a little kid? Who taught you, and what was the experience like? How stressful was it? <laughs> Stressful, I like that. You know, uh, I fancy. I started fancy dancing when I was in junior high. Before that, when I came out to the circle, I came out as, um, you know, my tribe. We we crow traditional. We have a significant dance called the crow traditional, or we call it crow hot dancing. And so uh, that's how I came out. I started as a crow traditional dancer, and then um, later on, you know, we'd watch the fancy dancers, you know, at powwows, and they were just so energetic and look look fun you know look more fun than you know than than the traditional style and i always ask my mom like mom i want to i want to dance that dance and she's like nope that's a different tribe you know we don't we don't do that you know that's not us that's oklahoma you know those those people come from oklahoma and so kind of shot us down but we go back to the the camp you know at crow fair and then we uh, we grab um cottonwood um leaves you know branches and then we have a cooler, a cooler that that's at the camp, and we um, would sing songs and we'd have our own fancy dance, you know, competition at the camp, and they kind of just watch us, you know, and kind of laugh at us and, and say, "Hey, look at these guys! They wanna, they wanna be fancy dancers." You know, me and my brother and and my cousin, we'd we'd have our own fancy dance contests. And then later on, you know, we'd see more people adopting, you know, adopting other tribes' styles, you know, like fancy or you know, grass and you know, jingle stuff like that, and it's kind of accepted, you know, people are just like kind of going with it and it was okay. So I said, you know, mom, I want to, I'm going to fancy dance. So she finally let me start dancing fancy. And that was just pure passion. You know, I just, I loved it. I loved dancing. We would, we practice, you know, all the time before I was even a fancy dancer. We would dance in the living room, have our own little contest, you know, play, play the fancy dance songs. And I just, you know, I just loved, loved it so much. And so there was no stress about it whatsoever. You know, it's it's actually the opposite. You know, it's it's therapy and stress relief. You know, for me, when I'm fancy dancing or I'm I'm, I'm dancing out there, it's, it's a good feeling. You know, it's just like a spiritual. It's a it's a good spiritual place to be. Would you liken it almost to like uh, maybe the sort of the zone you can get into playing a sport? Yeah, definitely. You know, you kind of get into that euphoric feeling. There's something called a runner's high, I've heard, like for runners. And, you know, you just, when you get in that zone, you know, that's how it is when you when you power, you know, when you dance. To me, anyway, when I get out there and there's a good song, you know, playing, and I just start cutting loose and dancing, and just kind of, you kind of lose yourself, you know, in the moment. And you're just, 
you know, the people are watching too, you know, people are, are checking you out and you dance for them. And like, those, those are the values, you know, that I was taught about powwow culture, about the circle is you, that's who you're dancing for. You know, you're dancing for the people who are watching you because some of them can't dance. They're in wheelchairs. They're disabled. Some of them are sick in their bodies, you know, need a healing. Some of them, you know, lost loved ones, their hearts are heavy. And, and so I was told those are the people you dance for um, because when they watch you, you know, you have to have a good heart when you come out to the, the circle, have a good heart. And if your heart's in a good place, you know, they'll watch you and they can see your heart. And if they see your heart's in a good place, then their spirit's uplifted and healing takes place. So you kind of go out there with that mentality, you know, that, hey, you're, you're ha- you have a purpose, you know, when you dance. It's not just for looks or for money, you know, stuff like that, because that element is definitely in the in the circle nowadays. But you have those kind of values when you go out there. Uh, knowing that, you know, there's people watching you, you know, you make your family proud, you make your people proud. Yeah, I can see that helping because otherwise, I mean, I don't know, I'd be self-conscious. I'd be self-conscious. I find that that'd be hard to do, you know, but I mean, maybe that's the culture that we grow up in here where it's like, you know, fear of, uh, you know, people either either ridiculing you or making fun of you or like that type of thing. Like I know some people just love being entertain- right. entertainers, but a lot of people have that mm-hmm. fear, you know, just dancing, dancing even in, you know, anywhere is difficult for some people. So I like the whole thing yeah, yeah, about, about the love and the heart and like that, that, that you're doing it for other people that might help. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like I, I think like, uh, oh, parents, you know, and grandparents, those, those values there and like always need to be taught before, you know, a, a kid even dances, even before they want to dance, you know, teach them that, that value of that. There's kind of like a responsibility, you know, that comes along with it, and a, and a, and a prideful, um, a power empowering, you know, when, when we're out there because it is a, it is a spiritual um, act, you know, it's it's more than just uh, the physical manifestation of dance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So obviously, um, obviously, your your culture and your heritage is a huge part of the one side of your. Your music. I've got another question here in the chats of who the the top five rappers that have influenced you. Uh, top five MCs, man. That's a good, that's a good. That's always an ongoing, changing, um, you know, list for me. Uh, I could name a few. Like Tino XL is always, you know, the the top one. You know, shout out to Tino. You know, XL is like one of the top lyricists ever, man. Like Punchline King. This really clever. He's like part of Mensa. You know, he's a genius. Uh, Eminem, of course, he's dope man. He changed the game with his his um, his rhymes. With me, anyway, inspired me. Uh, Jizza from Wu Tang Clan. The whole Wu Tang Clan's dope. Uh, Sticky Fingers from Onyx. Um, Black Thought uh, from the Roots. Uh, so that would be five right there. You know, there's plenty more, man. There's there's like Exhibit. You know, Rough Voices. M.O.P. Uh, there's just yeah, there's a lot. New school cats, you know, Kendrick, J. Cole, um, and there's a lot. I like Fabulous. Um, who else? Busta Rhymes, you know. Of course, I'm always old school, you know. Does the does the intention and the message mean a lot to you when you're when you're like with the the people that you like growing up to, like the some of your idols? Uh, no, not really. You know, it's just a vibe. Like, yeah. I mean, there's some crazy cats out there that say some crazy stuff, you know, but I just, 
I vibe with it. You know, I'll play, I'll play MOP, and they're just talking about, you know, like, you know, take chains off, you know, robbing people and all kinds of crazy stuff. And, you know, I, I, I like that vibe. I just, you know, it feels good. I'm not going to go rob anybody, but yeah. I just like the, the feel of, of their music, you know, yeah. just yeah. that the, the whole vibe of it is dope. Yeah. So what were you doing when you're traveling around? Uh, like lately, you're going all over the the states. Are you are you touring with uh, the hip hop? Are you still um, are you still doing the other stuff where you're helping some of the uh, you know the natives through addiction and alcoholism and stuff like that? Yeah, definitely. It's always um, it goes hand in hand. Like uh, the hip hop and the, the things that I do are always hand in hand. So even if I'm just performing at a club, you know, which I did, like in Minneapolis, you know, I performed over there. It's just like, hey man, we're gonna have a hip hop show, you know. And yo, I I, get, I told my story, you know, when I was on stage. I mean, people were like drunk in the crowd and everything, you know. And I just said, hey, you know, I'm, this is why I don't drink and you know stuff like that. I just kind of let them know on a human being level, you know, like. Yeah. Uh, these are the choices that I make, and I always you know, try to inspire that, you know, anybody in the crowd that might be struggling or, you know, whatever, just try to keep keep on a good level with everybody. But that work is always with me, you know, no matter where I go, if it's in the club or if it's at a conference or, you know, wherever I'm booked at a festival, I'm always sharing, you know, my story, hopefully to inspire somebody, you know, to, um, you know, be a better human being themselves and you know, be better than they were yesterday. That's awesome. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I was just reading that actually in that in that book I just read talked about that about how to just compare yourself to who you were yesterday every day and just try and improve on that a little bit. I actually went so it's yeah, been, definitely that's it's, what it's all about. It's been about a quarter of a decade, which isn't a lot of time uh in the scheme of things, but have you noticed, you know, any sort of glimmers of hope in the in the suicide problem? In the suicide problem, you know, that's like, I don't even know the statistics um, of that, like over, over the time, but um, I sure hope so. You know, like I, I definitely hope so. And I think there, there's more of an awareness for sure. You know, and people are more aware because, uh, you know, social media and just like people uh, like, what's his name? Had a good song. Um, he was at the VMAs when we were there this summer. Uh, what's his name? Logic. He has that song about suicide, you know, and kind of highlighted that. And, and um, so, yeah, I would I would hope that, you know, things are getting better. I, I don't really know. But, um, yeah, I, I definitely hope they are. Hmm. Interesting. So, I, I mean, I feel like there's more awareness about the heavy drug problems as well, like the fentanyl stuff. I mean, I feel like we're, even though it seems like some of that stuff's getting worse, I feel like there's more awareness around the dangers and that there is a solution. Like I didn't know 10 years ago that there was, that you could get clean and sober. Right. I mean, I just didn't know what the, mm -hmm. that was possible, that there was, um, <clears throat> you know, there was the recovery programs and, and all that kind of stuff. So I feel like that, even in the last 10 years, like I just passed my, my 10 year uh, date, my clean and sober, uh, clean and sober date. And I think back to back then, like I, there's so much more awareness really, just in that decade. So, yeah. Know, yep. And I think you, you sharing your message on stage to all these people and, and, and being able to get up there and perform in a sober state is, is very important for that, you know, to, to spread that message. Yeah, for sure. I think the awareness is just like you said, you know, it's, it's more accessible now, you know, it's just up in people just like smoking too, you know, like people like 
kids are like, oh, no way, I ain't going to smoke, you know? Like, they have all this info, you know, from, from TV and the info and the promotions that go against smoking and the facts, you know, just basic facts. And so it's like almost going against being cool, you know, smoking now, which is freaking dope, you know, because I used to buy cigarettes from my mom, you know, when I was a kid. <laughs> it was like nothing. And secondhand smoke was around me all the time. And it was like normal life. And so nowadays, I think I see it's, it's changing the culture. The culture of influence is is changing. So I definitely hope it's it's going in that direction. You know, for for those things like suicide and drug addiction, any kind of addiction like that. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. I like to think the addiction problems going on. I know in Canada, at least, we're starting to have a lot more awareness on the Aboriginal women problem and going missing. I know that's been a huge problem here. But uh, it's not, right. not, not doesn't normally get enough attention, probably. Well, it just kind of started getting attention in yeah. the last two or three years. I mean, yeah. people have been screaming about it for the better part of a decade, but it's finally starting to, you know, gain a little bit of traction. Yeah. It seems to take a while in Canada, anyways. Yeah, yep, yeah, for sure. That's good. It's good to see. Like, I, I just remember somebody uh, kind of like talking about that and there was no database of the natives and I was like, wow, this, you don't even think of it sometimes, you know, you don't even think about it if, it, if it's not really, if you don't have like a relative miss, missing or something, you kind of just like are on the outside and then just, just to see, you know, um, just to hear about it, about how bad it was, you're like, oh dang, we definitely need to highlight this, especially as an artist, I started highlighting it myself, you know, doing the hashtags and just trying to bring that awareness after you hear about it. And so I think a lot of people are, are doing that. And with the native community, that's the good thing because they're always promoting, you know, positive, you know, positive things, you know, like, the, um, you know, like anybody doing something good for the community, you know, they back them up and you know, they share it and everything like that. That's, that's the good thing about, about, about our people is, is they, they, they want to help, you know, in, in some way they want to bring some positivity, you know, to, there are people. Well, I also feel like there's a big awareness now of, of spiritual practices and different different practices around the world, and and that people are looking now at the at the native community and and the traditional practice of just being you know more spiritual and one with the land and all the the reverence and respect that you guys have for like you were talking about with the heart practice and the you know all these things that people are finally I think they're they're waking up to it a little bit more on a, on a global level as well. And that must affect you. I think that must affect your, your community just for, for people just getting more spiritual, even if they're reaching it through, you know, psychedelics or meditation or yoga, like even if they're reaching it through Eastern practices Mm -hmm. or whatever type of practice it is, it all overlaps. Like all the spiritual stuff is, is kind of connected. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Like I grew up, like in church, in like Christianity, you know, baptized Catholic and, and everything, and even did my early albums, like just straight up Christian stuff, you know, you like, you know, the, I just like was a part of that culture, you know, Western church, um, Christian culture. Mm-hmm. And so I was like really a part of that. But but as you grow older, you know, you get, get more knowledge and then you're, you know, you just kind of start doing critical thinking. And uh, you're like, yo, this is crazy, you know, like we're natives and like, oh, you know, you just kind of like look at it in that in that way. But I can never deny like the spiritual p- 
power that I experienced in that realm, you know, in that circle of, of prayer. And just, I've seen some amazing, amazing things, you know, just in my, my walk with the creator in that realm, you know, in, in, so in, I, I never, in both realms, in which realm, in the, in the Christian realm or. Yeah. Yeah. yeah in the yeah. Christian realm, like yeah. I've seen some, uh, some incredible things. And so I never just like right now I'm, I'm really, I mean, we're all on a journey, you know, we're, we're all on a journey. And, um, but me, I, my, my views of Christianity are, are really different. You know, they're really changed than, than I was, you know, like a while back, you know, like really changed. And so I don't, I don't like to take that label no more. You know, like somebody says, are you a Christian? I don't like to say, yes, I'm a Christian. You know, I don't, I don't take that label anymore. Um, the way mm. Christians, they look at other other religions and say, oh, that's evil or native ways are evil. I don't, I don't have that view. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't believe that. Just like you said, you know, that's all connected. That's how I believe. I believe it's all connected. Um, and there's, it's just greater than our, our thinking, you know, like, if you're an astronaut and you go out into outer that's somebody said that they were astronaut and they went out to outer space and looked at how tiny the earth was and how big the universe was and they're just like, Oh my god, this is stupid, you know, all the things that we you know, nitpick about in religion and race and it's just it's just so dumb, you know, when you have a different perspective. And so I always try to keep my perspective, you know, really open to, to everything and everybody's belief to respect it you know, and know that we are all on a journey. And I, I can always, you know, talk about my experiences, you know, my exper- spiritual experiences that I, that I can't deny. And also, you know, what what's in store for me, you know, tomorrow or the next days is just, I just want to continue to spread that love, you know, like you can never deny that, you know, you can never deny kindness and love from no matter what religion you're from. What's the what's the general feeling in the rest of the hip hop community? Like, because we still live in this paradigm where, you know, materialism rules and the and the skepticism out there about anything beyond our physical realm, you know, is still sort of, you know, it's still, you know, running our schools and running, you know, the government and stuff like that. But we're all kind of a lot of us are waking up to this central theme that we're all connected and all. What's the hip hop community like in that regard? Are they pretty atheistic or are they sort of to have more of a spiritual uh, depth to them? Yeah, I think there's um, uh, an opening, you know, there's a, an, an awakening in the hip-hop community. Um, even like, I mean, before you couldn't be gay and rap, you know, it was like, no way, you know, like, it was just, like, hip-hop was like anti-gay, you know, all the time. And now there's like, you know, all, all kinds of gay rappers, you know, out there like that. So the whole the whole culture is changing, mentality is changing. And um, just the generations are different. And so people are, they have access to more information now, you know, on the internet and they can, they can like think for themselves and kind of like, you know, like get some information and just kind of base their perception on that information, you know, whether that's like a universal, you know, thinking or, you know, it's not as closed minded as it used to be. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Here's uh, <laughs> here's one for you. Um, you were talking earlier about how 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 the different tribes, or in Canada we call them bands or tribes, or or how they've kind of come together. And maybe you know, a generation or two ago, you couldn't be dancing the dances of other other tribes, and now it's kind of all mixing together, and that's okay. Um, there's this mm-hmm. new huge push of of cultural appropriation, you know, and all this, and and I kind of come from the 
from the side of it that there's enough that that our culture is kind of disappearing and has disappeared far enough already that if people want to appropriate it, then the more power to them as long as they're doing it in a in a respectful manner. It actually comes up in our family because mm-hmm. because um, I mean I'm only half native and and my wife is is Métis, so um, I mean mm-hmm. I don't think I knew that. Yeah, and so actually. Uh, Cassandra was wearing Madison was wearing her moccasins and she had some some old some native guy gave him shit out in Bragg Creek mentioned it oh I didn't know it was a native guy I thought it yeah. was somebody else in a store or something yeah it was out in a store in Bragg Creek so I think uh, you know I was just wondering what your thought was on that saying is you're sort of broadcasting it to the world and I imagine there's there's all sorts of interest from from all sorts of different races and cultures that you know. When I look at your videos with millions of views, you know, you you must be getting mm-hmm. all sorts of people interested in the native culture. And and I for one I think, think that's that a that's a good thing. Yeah. I think that cultural appropriation is a good thing as long as it's done with respect. So not on Halloween. Yeah. Then? Yep. I'm okay with Halloween too, man. Really, yeah, I, you know, yeah. it's just don't be a di- just don't be a dick about it. Yeah. Just don't be racist. Just don't be a dick about yeah. it, you know. Yeah. And I think the 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 more we fucking focus in on this this, I think that makes it worse. Yeah. I really do. Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like I think we've swung too far in some ways, and that just makes it even worse. You know, you you're being racist by trying not to be racist. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That is a definitely a sensitive issue like that, you know, for, for a lot of uh, natives, like, uh, yeah, just the way the people do it, like, I don't know, like me, like if I see somebody wearing a, if, who's white or like if they're black and they were wearing like the native uh, Halloween costume that they bought, you know, I'd probably laugh, you know, I'd laugh, it'd be funny to me, but at the same time, I, I'd wish they wouldn't do that, you know, um, I'd be like, nah, you you don't want to do that because it, the, all the stuff that we wear, it has like a deep, you know, meaning. Like everything we 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 do as natives, like it has like a, it comes from spiritual, you know, everything like comes from our spiritual foundation. And so, like for somebody to like do do that in that way, yeah, it is kind of like it, it's it's kind of like offensive, you know, to a lot. But at the same time, when you know who you, where you, where you are, and where you come from, you can just be, you can laugh about it. You know, you can laugh like, oh, that, that person doesn't know. You know, they're they're uneducated, they're ignorant to that issue um, about that. And then, so it's good to have that education and that dialogue. You know, with the people uh, who who don't don't really know, especially what I do. Like you were saying, you know, like I'm I'm mixing two cultures together. You know, like hip-hop and they're even saying bruno mars was doing cultural appropriation from black culture you know and i was like what and they're like yeah he's taking black culture and he's making it his it's not right and i was like yo that's 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 crazy it just kind of blew my mind i had this like take a step back and like all right where is this person coming from with this so the style of music um the the ladies were saying that it was black culture and then again, my thinking, like when it comes to culture, if I'm thinking about black culture, I'm thinking like African culture, you know, tribal culture that comes from Africa that's rooted in spirituality. You know, that's what I think of if I'm if I'm really going to think about black, you know, black culture. That's what I think of is like that root, the foundation of of the African culture, you know, that comes from tribal 
and it's rooted in spirituality. And so for them to say, yeah, that's cultural appropriation, I just thought, no, that's just pop culture. You know, that's pop culture appropriation there. He's just using pop culture, American American pop culture um, with his music. So I don't know. He kind of, everybody has a different perspective and everything. And so like, as you, as you guys are saying, you know, to do it respectfully, that's where it's at. You know, like I put the two together with the intention of, you know, affecting the listener in a positive way. And also like, Hey, I inspired some, some natives to want to dance, you know, want to embrace their culture and dig deep more into who they were. And so when you have those kind of intentions, I think it's a good thing. Yeah, that's a really good point. You're getting, we're getting to the point now where they're, they're, they're talking about appropriating, you know, a sector of pop culture. Yeah. You know? That's that's a really good point. Yeah, you're appropriating. Yep, that is a it's subculture. Yeah, and, you yeah. know, it's just gonna get where, where did stop? Yeah. 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 Subculture appropriation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Subcultural appropriation. You're, you're appropriating subculture. Yeah, we could even go as far as say you're appropriating our counterculture. Counterculture appropriation. <laughs> yeah. That's what Infowars is doing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Reverse. Yeah. We're doing reverse culture appropriation. Yeah. Yeah. So how are some of the other ways that you incorporate your, your culture, speaking of that, into your, into your music? Like, is there some other, other spiritual practices and how do you like, you know, come up with some of your, your, your lyrics, your creativity, that kind of stuff? Yeah. Like the, the, the video, why on the song, why? Mm-hmm. Um, so when I'm adding that gourd, that gourd rattle in there, that comes from a, a spiritual foundation, which is uh, the NAC, a Native American peyote, if you know anything about peyote uh, religion. And so that comes from that, um, that, that spirituality practice. And so I actually come from that. My grandpa, his name was Frank Tixigan. He was the president of the Native American church, you know, which is peyote. And he did amazing work. Like when they were raiding, when they went down to, when the Navajo nations were starting their ceremonies, like the cops started raiding them, you know, and throwing them to jail, you know, like and saying, yeah, you guys got this drug called peyote, you know, you guys are possessing drugs and they threw them in jail. And then my grandpa, who had been into some court cases already for the, um, the peyote meetings up north on Arrez, he went down there, you know, to help them because he knew about the law and everything. And then he ended up going all the way to the Supreme Court, you know, to fight for this right of the spiritual practice of NEC, the wow. American Church. Yeah, and so they won. Like him and some other great men, they, they fought the Supreme Court and they won, you know, back in the day. And so when people practice this this peyote religion, these ceremonies, it's because of that, you know, that those court cases that were won. And so that's just... You know, back home, he was his grandpa at home. You know, I found out about this stuff, like, when he passed away, you know, that how a great man that he was and where I came from connected with that. And so it was it's always an honor to share that part, you know, in, even in that realm of uh, cultural, you know, putting those two together. So that 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 um that hook that you hear that chorus that's a NAC style that's a, like a prayer prayerful melody style um, of singing there. Wow, that's a great story. Yeah, um, one of one of the few churches that the psych, like I don't know if psychedelics the right word, but one of the few you know um, 
that it's legal in. Yeah, yeah that was yeah. like the yeah, it was like the first one to win. Yeah, that, that's that amazing. Like the, that's really paving the, the way wedge for, in the door because that that opens up a whole bunch. Well, of, that'll open up for ayahuasca yeah. and everything. Have you ever yeah. tried a peyote journey? Yeah, yep, yep. But, uh, that's the medicine, you know. That's the sacrament that we use when, when we pray in the in the meetings. Is that like uh, um, I've you know I've tried psilocybin and stuff like that. I would love to do that in a more in like the proper setting. Is that like uh, so? Is that a coming of age thing that that you would do? Say as an entrance to manhood, or or how does that like how does the first time come come to play, and what role does it play in your evolution as a man? Well, sometimes like some tribes have different uh, different beliefs. You know, they don't. Sometimes they don't want kids, you know, in there until like they're 18 or like they graduate. Like graduation is kind of like one of the times where they have a peyote meeting, you know, for, for the kids um, or, you know, like that when they're kind of getting a little bit older, but they don't really try to take the kids in there too much that I know of. And, and so, yeah, it's kind of like that, like, you know, they'll do for graduations and things like that, different ceremonies. What about the vision? Would you do a vision quest, Darren? Like, what about that when you walk? Is that part of your your um, culture, Chris, where you walk? I think you go, what, you walk away for, you go away into the bush for like three or four days or something? And Yeah, that is actually uh, our fasting. You know, we do fasting. Yeah, like the yeah. old, old uh, the older, um, like the chiefs and the, our people, that was our spirituality. Like when you see crows, you know, Absalaga, where I come from, when you see them practicing the sun dance, that comes, that's an adopted, you know, that's an adopted spiritual practice. We got ours from the Shoshones, the, the sun dance. And so it's like, I think like crows, they, they mainly did that, you know, they fasted and they prayed um, out in the mountains, you know, alone, or they would take like a friend, um, you know, two at a time or, or, or I don't know, just different ways. But uh, yeah, they just, they would fast and pray and they would get these visions and get these visions and get this power, get these messages um, from, from the creator or these beings, you know, and, and they would receive like power, you know, medicine or like, helpers, things like that to, um, to help you in life, you know, at war or just having wisdom, you know, in life. It's so interesting how, uh, you know, you're, that culture isn't the only one that fasting is a, is a big part of and, now they're finding finding through science and all this other you know biohacking stuff that fasting is so important to healing. You know, there's some of the some of the best uh, scientists and doctors are coming up with cancer protocols that include this fasting. I mean, and then you you know here these cultures around the mm. world have been doing it for for millennia. You know, as a part of their regular spiritual yeah. practice, which mm -hmm. includes kind of like a detox or like a cleaning out of your of your whole system as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's it's a good it's a good thing like the old stories you know and the old um you know the stories that i was told or i have read you know it's just it's just amazing you know to know that you come from that you know you kind of that's a part of who you are you know your ancestors practice these ways and and they receive these amazing visions and these prophecies you know that actually came came true you know like our chiefs they saw like um, the buffalo disappearing, you know, like one of them, he saw these buffalo going into a hole into the ground and they just all went out. And then there was another hole that came up and cows, you know, cattle were coming up and the cattle were there instead of the buffalo. Now oh, wow. they, they saw that a long time ago and they saw the, the big old long um, iron uh, snake, you know, which was the trains, you know, the trains that come through the land before they even got here. Like, so they, they've seen those things in their visions 
and uh, they they always had that that wisdom, you know, for the tribe that that, that creator spirituality always showed them, you know, the best way what to do for for their people. Yeah, Darren, you should try you should try one of those. Go on like a, a vision quest and try some peyote. I could get into all that, man. Yeah, absolutely. There you go. What about the sweat lodges and stuff like that? Do you do much of that, or have you given? Have you tried those? Yeah, Graham, Graham does quite a bit yeah. of sweat well, lodges. Well, I used to. I haven't in a while, so. But I used to. I should do it. Yep, again. definitely. We got sweats. Like everybody's practice sweats. You know, back home, it's a normal part. Like uh, if you drive through our res, you know, and crawl, you'll see a lot of those. You know, just in people's backyards, they'll have like a bunch of boards up. You know, and they know they have a sweat there. So that's all all over. People always practice sweat. Right on. I haven't tried that yet either. Yeah, you should. Yeah, you should do that. I'm always spooky that it's going to be one of those, like, I see, I read that one story out of that one down in Arizona where all those people it, died, and now I'm just like, it. ah, I'm just going to go to some sketchy, you know? It's like, but I guess you've tested a few out. Yeah, that, you man, know, people, people do. Up. Yeah, people do them properly up here, and they're not abusing the, you know, that whole that whole process, and it's good. Yeah, it's good for you. So what what are your plans yeah. in the next couple of years uh, with with music and traveling? And are you going to continue on with all that stuff? Yeah, definitely. Like um, you know, we just had an amazing. As I was telling you, we collaborated with Taboo, you know, from the Black Eyed Peas. Yeah. And so when he reached out to me, and we and we uh, ended up making that song for Standing Rock, uh, that was like major a major move, like in what I do, you know, with music. Because when we made that um, and put it out, like MTV freaking nominated that video we made for a VMA award. Wow. You know, they nominated it. And so we went to the VMAs this summer, man, this past summer. That's awesome. So we went down to the VMAs. We walked the red carpet. You know, it's all Cardi B over here, you know, DJ Khaled here, Kendrick Lamar. You know, all these superstars were there. And we were there too, you know, Mag 7, our crew, you know, all natives. We were all there, and we made that representing something good, you know, and really, really um, powerful, which was that medicine and water, you know, Standing Rock, and the the message of that movement. Uh, so we we went went there, and we ended up, you know, they gave the award to everybody, and we ended up winning, you know, an MTV VMA award, which is like huge, you know. So that like I checked my Google right after that, and bam, it came right up, you know, MTV VMA award winner, which is like. That's amazing. You know, people dream about that. Artists all over the world dream about winning a, a VMA award, and, you know, we won that. And so that was a major stepping stone, in, like, in what I do and what we're doing. And Taboo kind of, like, he's, he's running with that, you know. Like, he has this vision of, uh, because he's worldwide, you know, Black Eyed Peas. I mean, yeah, they, yeah. they did the Super Bowl, the seven-time Grammy Award winning. It's just amazing, you know, worldwide artists. And um, Taboo, you know, he's native, Shoshone, and he's connected, you know, with the community. And he's he's reaching out more to native community nowadays, you know, like um, he had his fight with cancer, you know. And uh, and, and so that kind of like gave him a different perspective on life. And he's yeah. like starting to serve and do more, you know, like for 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 the people, you know, like really changed, changed him and affected him. And so he always you know, was with Black Eyed Peas worldwide, and he never used his, his Black Eyed Peas card, you know, to take an artist and say, hey, check this guy out, you know. You know, um, this is, you know, look at these guys. Hey, world, look at these guys, you know, with his Black Eyed Peas platform. And yeah. so that's what he wanted wants to do, you know, with us Native artists. There's 
seven of the sun there. There's Jesus, uh, there's Kahara, uh, Hajus, who's Binay, Navajo, there's uh, PJ Vegas, who's Yaki, there's the two Seminole brothers from down there in Florida, uh, Spencer and Doc, and then there's um, MC1, who's Osage. And so he's taken all of us and kind of like, we're, we've been recording like crazy, you know, like we've got a project ready to go and we're looking to make like a documentary, you know, hopefully and putting it out um, maybe on Netflix or, you know, some platform like that. And, and then our sound, our music is going to be the soundtrack to that documentary, you know, and so it's going to be like a really great move, you know, for, for us and for myself. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, that's good. That's good to hear that. Uh, yeah, that's big news. What? Um, so you've been going hard now for, you know, the better part of a decade. What would you say is the biggest, uh, the biggest surprise, biggest surprise of your career so far, positive and negative? Uh, biggest surprise got to be that one, you know, the, the, the positive of, of winning the VMA, you know, like, if you were to ask me this like last year, I, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't have even thought that I would be going to the VMAs, let alone taking one home, you know, <laughs> I wouldn't even have been thinking of it. So that was a huge surprise and a blessing so far. And, um, also it's just like, just the love, you know, that I'm, I'm constantly been, been shown, you know, all over the world, and just people being affected by the music that I make, you know, like I'm constantly hearing people, you know, they they hit me up in the inbox and say, Hey man, do you want to say I was about to kill myself, you know, and you know, things like that. Like the stories I, I told you guys um, before, I, I hear that, you know, like on the regular of, of people saying, you know, thank you for making music because it, I was like this. And now, you know, I kind of go in a positive way. So the effect is always, always a really positive thing that I, I enjoy, you know, in this, in this career and it continues to grow. Um, see the negative part, um, that comes with it was, is probably, I love touring, you know, I love touring all these years, but now there's a part of me that, um, just wants to be home, you know, with yeah. my family. Yeah. I value that more. Yeah. Like I used to value going and being, being in the public and performing, you know, and feeling that good vibe and energy from the people in the crowd. And now it's, it's changed. It's, it's the opposite. I, I mean, I, I truly do enjoy that still, of course, yeah, yeah. but um, I just love being with my family more, you know, like staying home with my, my kids, you know, just being in their presence because yeah. you never get that time back. You know, you'll never get that time back when you're away from them. And I, I believe that's the most important thing I can honestly say. Yeah going to the VMAs and winning a VMA award. Yeah, it was awesome seeing all the celebrities and being at the height of all of that Hollywood type of image, you know, like just seeing it and being a part of it is pretty dope. You know, it's awesome. But it's like, eh, it's nothing compared to being, you know, the love of your family and the love of your wife and your kids is, is way beyond, you know, any kind of award or any kind of um, success, you know, in that way being truly successful is, is, is being a family man to me, you know, is, is having a, a wife and, and, you know, my kids with me and them being healthy and provided for it. That's, that's success right there. Yeah, man. Those simple, the simple things, just those simple yep. things in life. Appreciate them more. 
Yeah. We've got a question from our jingle maker here and our okay. resident musician in the crowd. He's wondering if you have any, um, he's got two questions. One is if you have any, any, uh, vocal warm up secrets that you'd be willing to share with him. And the other is if you're aware of the, this, this current 432 Hertz music trend and if you have any thoughts on it. Ooh. Um, let's see. Vocal warm ups. I'd say, man, I don't I don't really do any. You know, I'll just usually perform like in my car before I'm getting to a gig or I'll slap on a beat and I'll like kick a verse out and then I'll make sure my voice is like this and I sound wrong, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, like that. And make sure it's like warmed up in a good place, you know, just doing a couple of verses and I'm comfortable with that. Uh, and then, yeah, the, the four, whatever, 32 Hertz or whatever. Yeah. Um, I've been, I haven't, I don't know the trend, but I know I've gone, I've gone to YouTube and I've, I've seen these, these, um, these sounds that have healing you know, certain sounds bring healing, certain, certain, um, frequencies bring, uh, peace and, you know, like things like that. And even just in myself, I'm seeing that I, as a musician, I was, I was like, you know, I want to make, I want to make music with that kind of frequency, you know, like just make some beats with that frequency and just all the more, all the more power, you know, to that, to that vibe of healing. Yeah. Awesome. I think that's part of the trick of it too, is that, I mean, we even went on that podcast where Buddy was recording all yeah. those shows in 432 Hertz because it's some ancient resonance that's been, you know, whether by design or by accident has been kind of switched up for the ease of technology. Yeah. Yeah. So what was your experience oh. like at Standing Rock? Did you go, did you, did you, were you there and through all that or some of that at least? as well or? yeah yeah i went over there i went over there four different times just to see it i took my family um the first time and uh man it was it was awesome because you saw the momentum you know start to grow and grow and i've been going to standing rock for years you know like back in the day like i would always get invited over you know to do their youth conference and do different shows over there and so it was kind of close to my heart you know those people because I've been there before working with their youth, oh. you know, over time. And just to see that movement, you know, start from the youth. The youth is the, they're the, they're the ones that started that movement. You know, they, they ran to DC and they had this vision, you know, and they're the, they're the ones that created that, that whole vision. And that's what we did too. You know, we also gave them props, you know, like, yeah, we won a VMA and all that, but really they won it, you know, like they, there's a reason why we got that, you know, like that award. It's really, you know, their award. Like they, he started that movement. And so, yeah, we, we went over there, took my family and just driving into camp, you know, seeing all the different cultures and how the whole world came together, you know, different cultures, not, not just native and not just tribes, you know, like, oh, like enemies came, you know, like we're crows, you know, Absalaga and Lakota, they're Lakotas. So our tribe went and took like 700, or like, I don't know, like 700 pounds of buffalo or they took all this water, you know, like we went over there and, and smoked a pipe with them too. Our leaders, our chairman smoked a pipe with their, their chairman, their leader, the two chiefs, you know, um, they smoked a pipe together and that hasn't happened, you know, in a long time. Wow. So that was really powerful, uh, just that in itself. And then, and just to see and feel like when you, when you go to that camp, you could feel 
the the love and the, the strong medicine, you know, that was there because people were or being people were just selfless over there, you know, and they're just always serving one another and it's good times. You look on this side, people are having peyote meeting, you look on this side, you can hear some round dance music. Over here they're having some kind of, you know, um powwow or you know, there's just different kinds of of cultures going on all over the, all over that camp and it was it was amazing to see and, and just to feel. Right on. Before we uh, start to wrap it up, we got to, we probably got a you know a whack of new listeners since our our last chat for sure. I was wondering if you just want to kind of kind of take a few minutes and if you had just anything that that we haven't addressed here in the interview so far that you want to get out to to all the to all the years because you know um, there's a huge demographic of our audience. I mean, just just due to the tech, technology of it, that is kind of in that coming of age age group of say you know 18 to 30 i would say is 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 our biggest demo so if you i was just wondering mm-hmm. if you have anything to sort of say to them oh uh, yeah i just say anybody you know just in life in general you know like we're we're all privileged you know to be on this earth at, at this time you know like um when i walk through the streets i don't see everybody as as strangers you know like, like i don't know them like those are my brothers and sisters that I get to experience, you know, this time on this earth, you know, right now is like, we're all here together. You know, like when you have that kind of perspective, um, you know, and know how short, you know, this life is like all, all the things that we focus on, uh, you know, there's, there's plenty of causes to fight for. There's plenty of, of things to, you know, stand up for and speak out against and highlight and injustices and all of that. Uh, to me, uh, when it all comes down to it is, is just that love, you know, like I think if we all gra- grasp the reality of how short, you know, this life is on earth, uh, we'd love our families more, you know, we'd love each other more, be more kind and, and we'd let a lot of things go that that um that really we we value that really don't have any value you know what i mean it's like we the things that we value like there's a quote that um i always say um our biggest fear shouldn't be of failure it should be at succeeding in life at things that don't matter you know our biggest (laughs) our biggest fear our biggest fear in life shouldn't be a failure. It should be at succeeding in life at things that don't matter, you know? So I think um, just looking at life itself and how short it is uh, will give us a different perspective on, on the things that really matter, you know, in life, which is the love of our families, time spent with our children and uh, doing things that are, you know, to help people serving, serving one another. I think when it all comes down to it, that's, probably the most important thing that I, I could say to anybody, you know, is, is get that perspective on life the, because it's just here today, gone tomorrow, you know, and when you see your relatives and your loved ones and they pass away and you see them laying there, that's what you want. You wish you had time, more time with them, you know, to tell them, tell them that you love them or, you know, you just wanted to spend that few more laughs with them you know and i think that that those simple things like that are the most important you didn't think about how much the person um you know owed you money or you know like their ambitions or successes are you know we don't really think of those things we just think of time spent you know with one another 
Yeah, well said. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty good, uh, pretty good message. No one can cool. argue with that, no yeah. matter what culture they're from. I don't think. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you get, do you have a website, or where's the best place for our listeners to to track you down if they're if they're just hearing about you for the first time? All can I can I still play one of your songs at the end of the thing, or will it get flagged as a copyright? Uh, yeah, you probably could. Yeah, definitely. I'll I'll Go give it a whirl it for then, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you bet. But I'll email yeah, him and say me, um, Christian said it's okay. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'll just I'll, I'll send you the email back saying yeah, it's all good. <laughs> but uh, Superman, you just Google Superman S C P A M A N. Um, all my stuff usually comes up. Or you can go at Superman Hip Hop on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook, and YouTube. I think is slash Greasy Face. <laughs> nice. Oh yeah, I know uh, my kids are always getting a kick out of the Instagram, so there's a lot of cool stuff on the Instagram. I watched the, the Rubik's right Cube on. video the other day. <laughs> yeah, it's dope. Well, thanks Ooh, a lot. I guess that's about it. Do you have any questions before we wrap up, Jared? No, I'm good, man. Nope. That's been super interesting. That though. was good, man. Yeah, well, thanks been, Thanks for yeah. your thoughtful answers. It was really, uh, really good to chat again. And you know, maybe if oh, you do oh, yeah, come you out with uh, if you do come out with that uh, documentary and all that, um, yeah, maybe we should just either have you back on or at least let us know so we can we can plug it for sure. Oh yeah, for sure. Is it cool if I plug my new album or that new album that just came out yeah. um, this this year in January? So it's called Illuminatives. Anybody out there <laughs> yes. um, want some good music? It's dope, man. I got Northern Cree on there. Got my Mona Yosef, who was just on Sway in the Morning, Passionate MC, uh, Wake So A lot of great artists on the on this um, this album called Illuminated. So check that out. It's on all social or all um, media outlets, iTunes. Um, you can order it from me, uh, my website, CDs, and all that good stuff. Which one do you think? Uh, which one should I play play out the the episode with? Do you think off that album? Uh, maybe you could play somewhere featuring Northern Cree or Godly Warriors. Um, those ones are nominated for the award, Godly Warriors, featuring Passionate MC. Yep. Okay, and we did have one one last question before we let you go from our from our in-house producer here, Brody, who also is a, a right. vocalist in his own right. Um, he was asking Thanks. how you came up with your with your name, Superman. Yeah, yep. It's a question that I get asked a lot. Um, I was actually heading to a DJ battle when I was a DJ, and I didn't have a DJ name. And so me and my friend were just like, he, he was like, ah, oh, we're almost there. You need a new name, bro. You know, like, come up with something. You know, I was going by DJ Chris, um, which is pretty weak. <laughs> so he's like, just use it. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, use the comic book character, bro. Just come up with a comic book character, you know? And he's like going through the list of the Punisher, Green, you know, just different names. And he's, finally, we were almost there. He's like, just use Superman, you know, just, just use Superman, you know, like Red Man, Method Man, you can just use Superman, you know? And uh, I was like, all right. And he said, especially, it's kind of off the wall, you know, people will be like, who's 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 this guy using Superman? Who, who does he think he is? You know, and they'll be kind of drawn towards that name. And so I, I used that name in that DJ battle, and I ended up winning that, that battle. And it was kind of in the paper and then on TV. Oh, there you go. And so I was like, oh, Got a little, little promotion from it, so I just kept it. Yeah, you can't after that. Yeah. After winning that, you got to keep it. Yeah, that's awesome. That's pretty funny because that's really not too far off from the 
how Grimerica came to be just oh, kind of yeah. slapped together yeah. last minute. We need yeah. a name. Holy yeah. 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 Right on, right on, Chris. Well, uh, thanks for coming on the show. We'll, we'll definitely keep in touch and we'll have you, have you back if that documentary comes out or, or either way, we'll have you back on in a couple of years and, and figure out where you're at. We'll touch base. And if you're, you've that got, you've got my number. So if you're coming to Alberta or BC or any place, uh, close by, definitely shoot me a text because we don't mind driving a few hours to come and take in a show. Yeah. yeah. All right. Sounds good. We'll do it. All right. Right buddy. on. Drive right. safe. Thanks. Okay, brothers. Have a good night. Okay. Take care. Peace. That was a chat with Superman. Number two. That was a great one. Yeah. I'll tell you what, I love how thoughtful his answers are. You can throw any question at him, and he actually comes at it from a very genuine, thoughtful place. You know, you don't get yeah, that. It comes through every time. You don't get that with all, all the guests, right? A lot of people are stuck in their sort of like their whole, uh, their, par- their, they've got um, their, their paradigm. spiel. Like they've yeah. got their spiel, right? He just, he's just like, he just comes up with, uh, yeah, it definitely very happens genuine a lot. answers, you know? It's, de- oh. Yep. Oh, hang Sorry. on a sec, buddy. All right. There we go. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's nice because you definitely do get a bunch of people that that are kind of stuck in their spiel, and it's hard to get them off. And it's it's nice to have that. It's you fresh. know, he's really it was think, very genuine too. Thinking about those answers before he talks to you, and he has it's not a pre-programmed response. That's kind of what he's getting at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're probably a different interview for him too. I would imagine. Probably, yeah. yeah. But I mean, because he That's could great. just. You know, he's probably getting up there in that in that fame now, especially after that thing where he's probably gonna have to he's probably gonna end up being a little more pre programmed than in a way in the next few years. So it's good to Yeah, couple to, he's going establishment. Couple of gems. Yeah. yeah. But we've already gone he's going illuminative. Yeah, we've already gone establishment <laughs> here in Grand America, so Congratulations. Yeah. yeah, we're corporatized now. I, I was guess. gonna, I was gonna ask him if, if uh, he's been, a, he's got the tap on the shoulder, if he's been approached yeah. by the Illuminati to send a special message through his hip. Oh, we should establish a code now <laughs> of how we're gonna let our listeners know when we get tapped on the shoulder. Oh, we should Thank do that. Yeah, little code. We should, yeah, we'll we'll think of something. Email us. Like her, did you say safe word? Yeah, yeah email yeah. email Graham. It's gonna be pineapples. Some, email us <laughs> no. in some ideas for a phrase we can say on the show. That you guys will know we've been compromised, but we don't get shot. But and shouldn't we there be one? To... Shouldn't there be one that, that we've been at? Like not that we're compromised. I saw but we're, three hours. Thinking about it, like we're asked. Yeah. It's just me being here. You've been compromised. Yeah, that's that's. <laughs> and that's are you that's the new handler? Be. He's the new handler. Yes, just showed up. <laughs> I thought about it. He's kind of see, you know he could be like intelligent. We go, we go through tall, him. handsome. He's traveling guy, all the time. He's traveling all the time. MI5. We go He's through, dropping off a bug in the studio right now. We go through so many handlers. They just can't handle us. It's like, these guys are dorks, man. I'm not fucking hanging around. Bingo, bango. Yeah, that was a good one. That yeah. was fun. Yeah. So, yeah, do check out... Uh, do check out all of Superman's work. It's uh, there's a bunch of great songs. We'll have some links in the show notes. Check out the first episode. I think it's uh, grandmarker.ca/ep137 or something. I know it's episode 137. There's a couple tracks on there. It'll be in the show notes too. Yeah, there's a couple of tracks on there, and there'll be some tracks in this one. So check that out uh, while you're surfing around the interwebs. Check out the support page grandmarker.ca/support and uh, support the platform that allows us to interview everyone from authors to 
theorists to conspiracy theorists to academics to hip-hop artists and not have to fucking answer to anyone or clear it with anyone other well, than you guys. Well, you know what? And not for him to have to finish up an answer super quick because there's a commercial break. Yeah, right? exactly. I mean, he can just, we can just have these chats without worrying about any interruption and go as long as we absolutely want. Absolutely. And we're willing to do that, and it's good because we kind of leave it up to the guests as well. So, But we can only do that with your support. Otherwise, so support us, please. Yeah. You're getting some value from the show. This number, I don't know, 283 or something like that. If you're loving it, send some love our way. Gramerica.ca slash support. A bunch of different options there. If you can't do that, check out all the ways in the show notes. You can support us that don't cost you any money. I think that's about it. Thanks. Big, big thanks to Brody. Uh, thanks for coming out. Thanks for having yeah, me, guys. Help me say where the magic's made. Yeah, yeah right on. That's it. <laughs> it's pretty fucking anticlimactic. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next week. I'm just saying, hip hop is a very sophisticated, multifaceted subculture that speaks to all different types of people. Music, the, the fashions, the attitudes, the beefs. The more I read, the more I listened, the more I felt connected to its rich cultural tapestry. Comes equipped for warfare. Beware. What's your definition of a real estate? What's your definition of a real estate? What's your definition of a real estate? Yeah. I draw first blood, be the first to set it on. Hey, yo, with every breath I'm taking, I'm repping the reservation, demonstrating the revelation, praying and meditating for blessings and restoration until the detonation and devastation until the heavens, my destination. I'm levitating till my head is aching, till the death of Satan. Until we see the mess we're making, this a desecration A blessing nation with dedication, we soon to see Seven generation, no segregation, is unity Communities rise up, live what the takeover Make soldiers and young warriors who stay sober Flame flowers, it's game over Since my first inception, you get murdered in seconds Learn your lessons, worth the weapons I work for heaven, the church is stressing your crew are hated Never cut your revving, the perfect gas is illuminated I work for heaven, the church is stressing your crew are hated Never cut your revving, the perfect gas is illuminated Everything we set be The mob comes equipped for warfare. Beware. What's your definition of a real estate? What's your definition of a real estate? What's your definition of a real estate? Yeah. your first blood be the first to set it off. Yo, what you're hearing are the seeds of the evilness planted by the Europeans who landed within this region in the language they were speaking with. Columbus would have turned his boats around if he could known how it could lead to this. They were calling the savages for a reason. A legion of master assassins within the leaves of the trees when all the pale faces were off coast, soft snow melted by short tempers with long bows. Every shot directed with the art of a marksman setting it to lock by subconscious predator like archetype darkness precedent if you need advice a tip through your heart's consent
Ignorant, it's the man that's seeking cheap leading and defeating his weak demons with the freedom of speech in each season. The B Superman beat screaming. The godly warriors going up against all odds till we even. Ready for war, godly warriors. Everything we spit, be hot. The mob comes equipped for warfare. Beware. What's the definition of a rain and play? What's the definition of a rain and play? What's the definition of a rain and play? I draw first blood, be the first to set it off. 